Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Rough night's sleep for you? No. Rough, rough waking up, though. Rough waking up. So we have plenty to talk about today. Um, so let's not uh, let's not waste any time, even though we've already wasted about thirty seconds. Um, we will talk a little bit about the uh, top four implications that the 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 results of the past week have had, um, and you know uh, Champions League qualification. We will talk a little bit about the. Uh, North London Derby. Um, what else? What else? As far as on the field, uh, will we talk about? We'll talk. I mean, less. I know this goes along in the the results of the week, but Leicester's complete and utter collapse against Bournemouth is a is a big talking point. And we uh, the bottom teams. The the relegation battle is. They teams finally started to you know win games. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll we'll say that and uh, teams that are still technically a part of yeah. teams whose fates have yet to be decided. Yeah, and uh, uh, also the England national team might have a new number one um, going forward in in goal. Um, and are you excited about that? That is completely necessary because you know how I feel. I, listen, I don't care if the England national team win. That's the whole point. But Jordan Pickford, bad. Um, but he, he, yeah, I mean, he's better. F- he tends to be better for the national team than his own club team. But, yes. I mean, if we're if we're being honest, if we're looking at England's goalkeepers, he's got a. You know, there's there there are people that are clearly ahead of him. Yeah. So um, clearly ahead of him and. This this weekend's results um, really uh, showed how much of a gap there there really is between between them. So um, we will get to that later in the episode. But of course, first we have to talk about the biggest news, um, not only in the Premier League but in, in world football um, that came out this morning. We knew this um, decision was going to be coming today, but uh, Manchester City have won their appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, um, CAS, and uh, they will not be banned from the Champions League for the next two seasons. They will not be banned from European football for next for the next two seasons. Um, but let's be honest, it will be the Champions League. It, it, it won't be Europa League. Yeah. Um, Are you surprised? I am a little surprised. I, I, There's a part of me that, you know, thought they probably deserve... Maybe a year ban based on how, based on the, we'll get into the details of, of the appeal and everything, but based on how hard UEFA came down on them, it didn't seem like there was, if, if anything, they were going to get it cut in half, maybe. So I am surprised that they're not serving at least a ban, but there's probably good reason that they're not. Um, the original ban was two years and 30 million euros that they had to pay a fine and now it that fine has been reduced to what 10 million to 10 million 
and and of course no band. Did you are you shocked at all, or did this seem like uh, a decision that was going to go City's way the whole time? Because City were pretty adamant about it when when the band was handed down to them. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little bit surprised. I think I was mostly hopeful, you know, in terms of uh, keeping my mind at ease for the the top four race, um, but. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the time these bands don't like, I feel like we've had, Oh, like B- Barcelona has been threatened with stuff and mm-hmm. you know, like clubs like that. And it never seems to happen. Uh, so, so that I kind of had that in the back of my mind. I also don't necessarily know too much about the case. Um, other than admittedly, other than the fact that, you know, City have a lot of money and they seem to spend a lot of it. So yeah. I don't really know what the regulations are. Um, I can really only go off of what I see on Twitter. A lot of people... The, the sentiment I had seen was that financial fair play basically means nothing. Like those regulations don't really hold any weight if City were able to get away with it. That's just a little bit of what I've seen. Now you know a little bit more about the whole thing and how everything worked out. Um, yeah, I, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, down the line, maybe we'll get a, uh, a footy ado legal correspondent, but we don't have that right now. So I'm going to go into the details a little bit um, to kind of give people more of an idea. I am using ESPN as a source here. Um, so um, go with that. You know, think about that, what you will whether uh, you think they're a good source or not. That's where I'm at. So um, so like I said, that initial fine was reduced um, from 30 to 10, and the two-year ban is gone. But um, the So it's the, the club financial control body, CFCB, had previously found that City committed serious breaches of financial fair play regulations, which those l- limit the net losses that clubs can accrue over a three-year period. Um so between 2012 and 2016, City failed to cooperate with the investigation over their financial fair play um, from that time span. Um, so they were uh, handed that ban from uh, that that ban was issued by the CFCB. So they appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, as I said before, the CAS, um, and they took their case on June 8th. So we've kind of been waiting a while. I don't remember when the exact ban was handed down to him, but it was, was it pre-lockdown? Mm-hmm. It was, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. So, so there, the reason the decision has come this late is because of the delay. Cause we would actually be getting into champions league qualification. I believe coming up pretty soon mm-hmm. had there been no lockdown. Um, but so CAS said that the charges related, um, to this breach were clearly more significant than the violations. Um, but remember city did not cooperate. So, um, they said, considering the financial resources of Manchester city, the importance of the cooperation of clubs and investigations conducted by the CFCB, uh, because if, of its limited investigative means and men city's disregard of such principle and its obstruction of the investigation, the CAS panel found that a significant fine should be imposed on Man City and consider it appropriate to reduce UEFA's initial fine by two thirds. Um, and like I said, that, that is 10 million euros. So what they found is basically, 
UEFA had handed down, or the CFCB had handed down, um, far too heavy of a ban, but City flat out did not cooperate. So they, not only did they not cooperate, but they, they tried their best to stand in the way of, of this investigation by UEFA and the CFCB. So they still do, um, receive the punishment. Now, City's claim was that the, that the process was flawed, which they may be correct. And that's why, um, that's why they didn't cooperate in the first place. Um, and Pep Guardiola was very confident that this would, um, be overturned. Now, the, the big part of this now is, of course, that fifth place is not, this is official, fifth place is not a Champions League position. Uh-huh. It is the usual top four. So, um, right now, as we speak, but it might not be the case when you're listening to this, Manchester United are in fifth place. But, of course, they have a game in hand, which they play later on today in a few hours. Um, against Southampton, a team they very much should beat. And I believe that matches at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, they win. So they win, they're up to third. If they draw, they're still behind Leicester on goal difference. So if they draw or lose, they remain in fifth. But if they win, they move up to third, surpassing both uh, Chelsea and Leicester. Now, Southampton, even though it is at Old Trafford, isn't an easy, an easy game. Southampton have kind of been... They've been decent since the restart, but... Um, what a turnaround from that from the nine nil earlier on this season, and mm-hmm. Ralph Hasenhuttle has rightfully gotten himself a a new contract. So, and yeah, um, could they get further revenge on? Well, I guess further revenge on Leicester would be if they lose to United. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I was uh, doomed by my own sentence structure. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that that is that is massive. So. Mm-hmm. City, remember we talked last week about how City had won the Carabao Cup, so we weren't sure what that UEFA spot would go to. So City are in the top four. They will qualify for the Champions League this season. I believe they just need, what, one more point um, to mathematically do it, but it's uh-huh. it's pretty much all set in stone. They're 12 points ahead of Chelsea, who are in third. Um, but um, So it'll be Liverpool and City to uh, be in the Champions League. They will be joined by two of the three most likely of uh, Chelsea, Leicester, or Man United. Um, Wolves kind of with an outside chance. Um, and even Sheffield. They're, they're even Sheffield with more of an outside chance. This but. decision really could just ultimately... I mean, it might affect Chelsea or Leicester, you know, given United's form yeah. the most. Uh, but Sheffield and Wolves have to feel disappointed by the decision too because they've had strong seasons that could have seen them maybe even sneak into um, a Champions League place, if not the very least Europa League. So now Europa League is fifth, and then sixth is qualified? Like they go so to- the Europa League is fifth. Sixth will be... Sixth, I think, will be qualifying. I think So I think now down to seventh will be... It, at least good enough for Europa League qualifying based on the teams that are left in the FA Cup. Now, that changes if um, Man City lose to Arsenal and Arsenal win the final because Arsenal currently in ninth. So that would 
right. that so there that would shake things up yeah. a little bit. But you remember if Arsenal are trying to get to a cup final to qualify them for a European competition, they usually don't do it. Um, Last time they beat beat City, semifinal of the FA Cup. I know, I know. Um, they do well at Wembley. Who knows how well they do in an empty Wembley? Though. That's yeah, we'll we'll see. That'll that's definitely going to be a weird a weird sight, an empty, yeah. massive stadium. Um, mm. But um, so who else are? Just remind me who else, So it's Ch- Chelsea and United in the other semifinals. So yeah, so that pretty much Sheffield are. I mean, they were already rooting against Arsenal in the FA Cup, considering they played in the quarterfinal, and that didn't go the way they wanted. Yeah. Um, but they're very much rooting for Man City in in this right. semifinal tie yeah. because they want seventh place to be, to be a Europa some, League yeah. spot. European football for Sheffield United after their first season back in in the Premier League for some yeah. time, that's, that would just and, be massive. I mean, even look at this. Tottenham have an outside chance as well. They're only yeah, they do. Point, yeah, they're only two points. And even uh, Arsenal. I mean, they're they're four points. Arsenal, Arsenal really, Tottenham, but they, remember, they have Liverpool still. Right, right. Um, that, that This decision really just, I think it, it makes things a whole lot more interesting. It does. And, and I it, hate it. It makes things more interesting. It makes the stakes higher, but it also gives us clarity. Yeah, the fact that good. we've been talking for weeks of we don't know if fifth is, we don't know if fifth is Champions League or Europa League or if eighth is Europa like we just don't right. know. It's better to have teams this I, final stretch know what they're really exactly. playing for. Exactly, um, we'll get the best out of them hopefully. So, um, so that's pretty much what we've got for for the city ban. Um, maybe not the decision the smaller clubs wanted, but I think all in all. Even if City had done something wrong, UEFA have to find the right way to punish them. Right, it's, it's a yeah. whole thing with you know, with you know, working. You know, like a say a place has a union, and they this guy is constantly breaking the rules, constantly breaking the rules, constantly breaking the rules, and the the people up top say, okay, we're gonna fire this guy. Well, the union will step in and say, okay, did you warn him? Did you uh, give him right? Did you, you know, was he punished? Was he warned? What, no, they weren't. That that didn't happen. UEFA did not go through the right protocol to then hand down a lengthy two year ban with a 30 million euro fine. Yeah. And even, yeah, that is that. Just even, yeah, like, or even, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm basing this off of television. Yes. Um, but you know, like, which, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Come on. <laughs> Television uh, is always true. Everything um, you read on but, Facebook, you know, in terms is also of you true. know, like you always see, like in like crime shows, like if someone were, you know, oh, if they arrest someone, but yeah. oh, but like, well, did they use the right, like, oh, they lied to him, and or like something happened in interrogation, yeah. it's like, okay, th- th- you throw that out. It's like, but remember, in the actual legal system, they do what they want and get away with it, and that's how things work. And on that note, let's go. To an ad break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Hey, uh, this is Cuda Bantha, and uh, we're talking about uh, the movie. You wake up tomorrow, you log on Twitter. It's retweeted. Who retweeted it? I don't know. Maybe it was Laura Lenny. What's it say? Seen it's back. Did Laura Lenny tweet about seeing it coming back? No. Cue the Banter, a podcast about movies and television. From Ilto 8 Productions.
All right, well, welcome back. I say you're ready. You start to talk as I try to welcome people back. Are you eating creme brulee low-cal Greek yogurt? It's delicious. Is it? It is so good. Mmm. A little creamy brulee? A little cream brule. Ah, cream brule. My favorite flavor. Yeah. Um, So, what a nightmare to come back to. (laughs) But welcome back to Footy Ado. Of course, Footy Ado is an ill-to-weight production. Um, you just heard the ad for Cue the Banter. Finally, the ad for Cue the Banter. Behind the scenes, little information. Uh, Brother Nick is terrible at listening because you ask him for something and he says, I don't answer to you. So I've been looking for that ad to promote his podcast for uh, quite some time. And uh, he's just left it out. So this is the little bit of Nick slander. He'll enjoy the union and the cop bashing, the union praise and the cop bashing from before. So this is just to even it out a little bit. Um, and, uh, I don't even know if he listens. Probably doesn't. He probably does not. Loyalty is not something that he knows. Um, but let's jump right back into the football. The, uh, relegation scrap, um, is honestly fucking nuts. Pardon my French, pardon my French, pardon my French. It is fantastic. 17th, 18th, or 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. All one this week. Um, West Ham have... Uh, 20th haven't won. <laughs> West Ham beat Norwich 4-0. Um, nice. yeah. Watford beat Norwich 2-1 and then Newcastle 2-1 thanks to two penalties. Very dumb fouls from Newcastle, by the way. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth demolished Leicester 4-1 um, and Aston Villa beat Crystal Palace 2-0. Um, so let's talk Bournemouth-Leicester I first. Do, I, wish, I wish West Ham and it would be more exciting if West, West Ham and Watford didn't, didn't get win. those wins because it would be 31-31-31-30. Right. But but impressive from Villa and Bournemouth to get those wins when they they like they had to. If they didn't, it's over. Yeah. Um so it keeps things interesting. Now we were talking about it. I believe Watford play West Ham before the season is out. Bournemouth have a bit of a tough run in. Um looking at it still there is an out I mean uh, I, maybe Villa play West Ham also. You know, there's out of the four, I think Bournemouth is most likely to stay down. Um, but Villa have that sort of outside chance um, to to make things really interesting um, for for Watford and West Ham. Um, they do face Everton next, so that'll be. That'll be a big one. And we'll bash Everton in a little bit. But if you shoot the ball when you're playing Everton, it's almost like if you shoot when you're playing Chelsea. The keepers that are three foot eleven probably not going to save it. Very short keepers. <laughs> Why become a keeper? Although Pickford has a little bit more spring in his step, I will say. Mm-hmm. Keppa seems to like try to dive, and he looks like David Ospina, but somehow Keppa, short. When Keppa dives, it looks, or even when he jumps, it looks like he goes down. Like his yeah. body go collapses a little bit, and he dives. So was it a couple of years ago that it wasn't even kept? It was Willie Caballero. A shot goes in, and it's like going. It goes straight over him, and he fell to his knees. Yeah. Like that kind. Of, that was the Erickson goal. Was that against City or was it against Chelsea? No, it was Chelsea, Chelsea, uh, Tottenham. I believe is the one you're referring to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just looks it's weird. a weird. Like even the Wolf Saha one when he shot it, it looked like Kepa jumped. 
It looked and, like and and actually made himself smaller. Yeah, it looked like his hand stayed but in the same spot, but his feet just went further the other way. Like yeah, yeah. It's not uh, even a dive; it's just a turn sideways without actually moving. But um, Bournemouth four, Leicester one. Jamie Vardy scores. That this was Keith, if you was were looking for again? a game. Yeah, what's up? Twenty three for Jamie Vardy. Now he's yeah. right. He's on top of the. If you if you were looking for a game where you would enjoy any of the goals. This was not. This was not the game for you. There are five goals, and all of them. Qual the quality of the goals. Obviously, there's enjoyment to be had if you're rooting one way or the other. But the best taken goal was a penalty. The best taken goal was, and it was right down the middle. Yeah, right down the middle. Um, Vardy bundles it in after a poor play at the back. Luckily for the player, I can't remember who it was. Um, because obviously we have a wide reach and our criticism is heard around the world. Um, but I don't know his name. So we'll continue on. We'll continue on the Vancouver Whitecaps. Baby. That was rough. Um, you did Whitecap it. But then two goals and a reference nobody understands. <laughs> Not even on this podcast. It wasn't even. No, it thing. wasn't even. It was a different podcast. Two okay. goals in two minutes from, uh, from Bournemouth. Yo, we were driving home. We were getting, uh takeout we were driving home and we were saying oh wow Lester collapsing and you look at it and it's like okay goal penalty another goal and a red card I was like, okay so like maybe I guess he got sent off for the penalty so understandable that they can see like I mean yes it happened quick but you have 10 men all happened so fast you can see another one but when you go back and you watch the highlight and the fact that it was penalty scores the goal then they concede again in the next minute, and, and then, then he the gets red it. card. Yeah, it's just an it's an absolute uh, collapse. And I would like to know capitulation. What, what the word I was looking what, for? What uh, Sayanchu was trying to say to the ref to get that red card overturned? I would really like what to hear what his argument was because that is a straight red. Eight right. days of the week. Doesn't matter. I think w Wilson was trying to push him out of the way to get the ball. Yes, the run. and he just kicked out. But like it does. It, that does absolutely doesn't matter. You no. kick, you just kicked him. You kicked the guy. Um, um, huge. Not only because they ultimately collapse, give up two more crap own goals, goal. deflection, and then own yeah. goal, and then a second goal to Dominic Solanke. Yeah, it's, are you kidding me? That's just how uh -huh. conceding to Dominic Solanke is not acceptable. In it's like conceding. It's like conceding to David McGoldrick, um, which both happen in the same weekend for two teams that are fighting for their Champions League lives, yeah. even more so now. Um, yeah, they end up you know four one collapse. Now then, then they get the city thing overturned. Yeah, and they are the they. Sianchu is banned for, for the rest the next, of the season. They play Sheffield. A team who was looking rather good, a very impressive victory over Chelsea. As bad as Chelsea were, Sheffield United with a excellent performance. Um, and they play, yeah, they play Sheffield. They play Tottenham, who are still trying to fight up that. They just had a, up that uh, table. They just had a big win against Arsenal. And then they finished the season against Manchester United without their best defender. I, I very much hope that there's still um, still something to play for in that game. I do. Like, I want it to be, if Leicester can win at Old Trafford on the final day, they knock 
Right. United like, out of the Champions League. But I don't see that happening. I I think it might be, hey, Leicester could win, and if Chelsea lose to Wolves, they knock them out, and Wolves get your... It's going to be utter it, chaos, and my will. brain is exploding thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's the, I mean, that's the positive from the neutral in terms of the final day with this decision for Manchester City. Um, it, it is going to be hectic because, you know, it, that's a tough run-in. For Leicester, arguably, the toughest run-in out of the three teams that... The three teams we're talking about for Champions League. Um, all due respect to uh, Wolves and Sheffield. They'll be in the mix, too. They're playing some of those teams, you know. Um, and to also... To also, they're going to be with United's result today. We'll see how United do. Um, they're going to be not only will they have the hardest run in, they mm-hmm. won't have their best defender, but they're going to be on the outside looking in. If United get the win, they'll be in fifth. So it won't be, oh, we have the benefit of we're in third, we have a little bit of a cushion. They don't have that cushion anymore. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be. It's gonna be rough, especially for a team out of the three teams again that we're talking about. Chelsea have had their blips. United have looked excellent. Yeah. Leicester have looked the weakest of those three sides. And it's only gotten harder for them. It's only gonna get harder for them. Yeah, um, losing your best defender is not gonna not gonna make the the end stretch of the season any easier. Um Villa Palace, before we talk about the actual um match um let's mention uh this our support uh for Wolfred Zaha and now also for David McGoldrick um and anyone else who is receiving racist abuse David McGoldrick recently has received racist abuse but um before the Palace Villa game uh Zaha I believe what woke up to messages from Mm -hmm. a Villa fan saying that if he scored Against Villa, he would show up to his house dressed as a ghost, obviously a KKK reference. Yeah. Um, and sent some other... Uh, Blackface. You know, black uh, burning cross. Yeah. So um, a 12-year-old was actually taken into police custody. Um, that announcement was made, I want to say, maybe an hour after the, the game had finished or something like that. Um, so good on them to get there. Um, the David McGoldrick one... Um, what just N word you haven't scored? It, I I want to say it was from a Chelsea fan. I let me. It probably. I mean, given the timing, and it, this was on this it. was on uh, Instagram. Um, saying, oh, you couldn't do that against. You couldn't score against Manchester United. You effing dirty bleep. You your blank life defo doesn't matter. Fuck you, you bald, you bald C. You'll get there. Right. Uh, where were you when you played Menor? You fucking shit ape, is the message she got. This was this was the after the Chelsea game. It was, um, and the, you know the username of the person that went after uh, Zaha was very clear. It had Villa in it. This one does not. It's um, a Conor McGregor fan at least. MMA notorious MMA. Uh, with a couple underscores in there, but yeah. um, the, so the, hopefully, hopefully the same outcome um, that we got from the Zaha uh, uh, incident comes from this, and the police 
find whoever it was. Right, because, I mean, the thing is, Zaha posted this. Zaha has been talking about dealing with racist abuse for years. Yeah. It ha- it, it's, it's, and uh, there was criticism of, Ian, we saw the criticism of Ian Wright and, and Zaha for, for calling posting, out, to, yeah. for calling, it's like, just go to the police. No. No, like, no, no. Call Expose it out. Expose these fucking because this, people. It's stuff is still going on. Um, though you gotta call it, call it out. Total, I like, oh, uh, like just completely. Hey, say hey, this person hears them. Don't don't hide their name. Show us who it is. There needs to be accountability, especially on the internet, because that's why people feel they can post it. I think now a lot of people feel like they can post this stuff more publicly, given the the climate around the political climate around. Our, our world I mean that's more particularly the US but um, it's everywhere and it's it's racism isn't you're not born with it it's taught there's a 12 year old doing this and it's like crazy like 12 year old arrested good like, like yeah he's young but like this cannot no I'm not be, saying give him life in prison right but like, something something needs to be done yeah something need, this cannot happen yeah now, it needs to be cut out, and we need to all call it out. And I don't care if these players publicly do it. So what else? Are I they going I to would do? love if they publicly yeah, did it. That's right. what needs to be done, in my opinion. Um, but let's get on to um, let's get on to the match a little bit. Um, it's a it's a big win for Villa, a two 0 win. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, they needed to win, not mathematically to keep um, themselves alive, but in all reality, to keep themselves alive. Right. Without that, they're, they'd be, what, six points? Or seven points. Yeah. So, so so Trezeguet um, scores a brace late in stoppage time in the first half, and then uh, 15 minutes into the second half. And then there was a red card. I did. I admittedly did not see this. Um, the red card in the 96th minute for Christian Benteke. Let's, let's take a look and see what... Straight red? See, yeah, let's see what our friend Christian Benteke did. Um, um, but which Roy Hodgson has called uh, inexcusable. Oh, he got carded. I this looks like he got. Uh, let, let's let's see. I don't know if he was carded after. This is good content. Um, an you audio media, at, baby. I'm looking. So I'm looking. So Bournemouth. Looking at Bournemouth. Bournemouth have to play City, Southampton, and Everton. Um, City's a big game. I don't know if they can really expect to get anything from it. Um, but, I mean, fighting for your life against two clubs who aren't really fighting for anything, uh, Everton and Southampton, maybe there's something there, especially after that performance against Leicester to sort of drive up confidence and really give, give the team hope. Um, now... Now, as we're talking about Aston Villa, they have a, a little bit more of an interesting run in here. Uh, they play Everton next, as you stated. Uh, their remaining games is Everton, Arsenal, and West Ham. If they can, again, so Everton not really playing anything, Ars- playing for anything, Arsenal. They have a game against Liverpool, depending on how that goes. They might not really be playing for anything either. Um, 
also to lose, you know, going up against Liverpool, depending on how that result goes, but also coming off of a sort of a probably a bit of a demoralizing victory against mm-hmm. uh, their their crosstown rivals. Um, so Villa, we'll see if maybe this game against Palace gives them a boost, and then they play West Ham, one of the teams they're chasing. Uh, if I could come back in, yeah, Christian Benteke in. sent off after the final whistle for foul and abusive language. After the whistle. After the whistle. It, they had already gone to commercial. And, of course, with there being no fans in the stadium, no one really knew why. Um, mm. So I wasn't the only one. Look at that. Cool. Well, um, Benteke sent off at the end of that. So he, And, of course, that's away to his old club. And he looks set to miss the remainder of the season. So that's a, a blow for Benteke. Um, Just got a goal against Chelsea. Maybe mm. there was you know a bit of... A bit of spark, or maybe that was his goal for the year. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But, uh, again, so the the remaining two teams, West Ham and Watford, play each other. Uh, West Ham then play United and then play Villa. So that's, I mean, things could get interesting there. For Watford, they have West Ham, City, and Arsenal. It's, I mean, I think it's down. It's really, the ball's in uh, Bournemouth and Villa's. Court, I don't think West They've Ham. Got to West do Ham yeah, if West Ham and Watford get points, I think from a game, one of the remaining games, they'll they'll probably feel pretty good. Uh, uh, so if there's a draw in that West Ham Watford game, I think that's the worst result for Bournemouth and Villa, uh, because that means both of those teams got points and neither of them are going to drop down. But um, it'll be interesting to see who who comes out of that. Now, but again, if Villa, like if that were, is that if that's a draw. And Villa beat Everton. They still have West Ham to play. Yeah. So like yeah, they're still all to play for. I think Bournemouth are the least likely to really do anything. But hey, who, if they whoever made the schedule, just a, a round of applause. Hats off to you, sir, because yeah. you have done a fantastic job in a season where the 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 leader has nineteen more points than you figured it the out. Second, you said where can I find more points? Where sorry. can I find the drama? Uh, yeah. You you found a way to do it. Slipped, um, slipped the Man 20, City, the timing of the Man City band being over twenty to CAS, but like keep just, City in it. Just the script needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Just let them I off. Can't wait for it to be decided after the next two games, right? <laughs> and we'll, we'll, it'll get decided in the next game. Yeah, it just fucking ruin all of the uh, excitement that we have. Mm-hmm. But. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Yeah, we're going to look back on the season. What was the most exciting part of the season? Oh, thinking that the final game might be exciting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the North London Derby, however reluctant I am to talk about it. Um, it's one of the... The thing is, North London Derby, huge game, always a big game. It's one of the It's one of the small stories we have this week. It was 9th versus 10th. 9th versus 10th. Eight, the... Arsenal stay ninth. Tottenham move from tenth to eighth. Yeah, um, the the quality of the game kind of lacked for me a little bit. So yeah, so this is one of those games where you know usually after a North London derby loss, I feel just it, it that'll yeah. ruin my day. Yeah, didn't it didn't really ruin my day? Even though the the stakes of it were still you know. Whoever wins this is probably going to finish above the other. Right. It was a little. This, you know. I, the stakes were just not as high. The this is a derby that is usually made so tense by the support in the stadium. True. And you just didn't have it. And 
Also, the thing is, I, this was I think this was setting up to be a pretty exciting game. It was. You know, we t- we had the, you know, the conversation about it. a lot of the times, like I mean, oh great, someone's going to score early. Doesn't matter. The game's going to end two two or something. Like that. There's yeah. going to be goals in the game. Um, Lacazette with an absolute banger. You had worn the jersey. Uh huh. Because I had, it, I was trying it works. To... Last time you wore it, it they won. Yep. Uh, Last time I like, wore yeah. it was very specific. Last time I wore it for a derby going over to Nick's house, they won. Okay, so um, I was like, oh, "You really want to wear a Lacazette? He's not going to play. No, it's a road game." And ends he started, up playing, and he just worked. puts his fucking foot through that one. Excellent goal, pardon my French. Uh, once it French. went in, pardon you. Yeah. <laughs> um, pardon his French right foot. Yeah. And once it goes in, yeah, I'm like, okay, this is going to be one of those two-two thrillers, or yeah. you know, it's going to be a. A, a game that's exciting without the even without the crowd. Obviously, this is one of the big games where you really miss that crowd. But three minutes later, Kalasinac, Kalasinac with a bad back pass to David Luiz, yeah. and I, Son scores. Yeah, and I saw the point made that you know it's a, it's a bad pass from Kalasinac, but um, it's a bad execution, but it's also a bad decision with an attacker. Bearing down on you. David Luiz, even if he is a good passer of the ball, as of late, David Luiz is not the man you want on the ball with an attacker coming at him. Right. Um, He's also, so he it, passes it in the other direction. David Luiz is clearly running. Yeah. So, um, so it was a very poor decision. Uh, Sun is in and yeah, chips, finish. It, chips it over yeah. Martinez, who had a, had a had great a game. Fantastic game. Yeah. Made he has been saves. so Made good in goal big. since Leno went down. Yeah. Um, but it 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 took the zip out of the game. It did. It took the zip at least out of you know Arsenal, out of Arsenal. Son. This this game was end to end the whole time. There was the midfield was virtually non-existent um, for either team. Yeah, it was just wide open. It was chance at one end, chance at the other, back and forth the whole time. Um, uh, yeah, another another interesting thing to the point of the fans, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, so 1-1, one, one, kind of took the zip out of Arsenal step. You know, a lot of these times, a lot of the games, North London Derby, it's like ha- a half and half. Like, Arsenal mm-hmm. will have a really good half, and then Spurs will come back in the second half. And, or vice versa. Yeah. yeah, or vice versa, and equalize. Um, that kind of took the zip out of Arsenal, but then Tottenham didn't really do much with it after the goal. And then the second half just was less exciting. And what I, the point I was going to make, the winning goal, when was it? 2-1? In the it was it, it became it was at eighty first minute eighty first minute the fact that it's a set piece I think the fact that there's no crowd it's even yeah. it's even yeah it takes like like a set piece like it's like oh was this it was like on a corner it just seems so anticlimactic without the crowd if there was a crowd the place would have erupted and you wouldn't have thought that yeah. you know when 40... it's end to end like even like the the Lacazette goal was exciting. Obviously, the Spurs, the first Spurs goal wasn't because there was a mistake and it was just like, uh. But like a set piece goal, like I've watched set piece goals to win the game in a full stadium. It has excitement. This one just seemed maybe it's down to the fact that the crowd wasn't there. Mm-hmm. That, that goal just kind of seemed like anticlimactic. Also, I mean, I'm in an Arsenal house watching the game. So yeah. it's like, Oof. and you're a Chelsea fan, not exactly a lover of Spurs. Right. Um, and Son with the assist, Son became the man of the match. But Toby Alderweireld scores the winner, his first home goal since 2016. Um, now, 
45% of the goals Arsenal conceded in the Premier League this season have come from set pieces. That is just so unbelievably unacceptable. It seems like the other 55% are probably just defensive mistakes. Yeah. But um, this was a game, which I said to you yesterday, a game in which Arsenal should have won, but did not deserve to. Didn't deserve the points. No, they didn't no, deserve a, a point out of this game. Yet they should have been the winner. Right, which is that's a weird that, yeah. setting to be in. But it's the it's quintessential Arsenal. You have the, those like exciting attacking players. You get a taste of that, but then there's those glaring defensive errors. It's just the epitome of what they are right now. Um, and like, yeah, like that game could have got that. Like that mistake doesn't happen. We could be talking right now. I bet it about a a dominant and impressive performance. Yeah, an impressive performance maybe in which they only took a point. Right. But still, um, still they just didn't do... They they were their own worst enemy. Yeah. It kind of just shows... For, for years it's been the Arsenal attack is very, very good. Regardless of it, if the player's in it right now, even Lacazette hasn't been in great form. He finally scored away against Rival. An, against Norwich, I want to oh, say. Okay. That yeah. was so he finally scored away from home for the first time since February twenty nineteen. And then gets another. And then got another. And the sixteenth minute. They I think we were talking during the game as well. You said they could score the eighty fifth minute, and that I still think that's too, too early. Yeah. But th- a rocket from yeah. from Lacazette. And that that's when you should say, Okay, let's keep it going. Do not take your foot off the gas. And then Kolasinac with the mistake at the back. It's just, they have a way, the defense always has a way to just take the wind out of this team. And it's just, right. and it's se- just set- so unfortunate. I mean, we've talked about this with even with Chelsea before. Set pieces, sometimes, like, there, there are ways to work it out. But sometimes, I mean, let's look at Arsenal's team. Where's the height? They're really David the, our best player in the air wasn't on the wasn't on the pitch. Yeah, Rob Holding is the best best defender Arsenal have aerially, and yeah. he doesn't get a it's lot like of playing Mustafi's time. Mustafi's not, and he's tall. currently he's currently being left out of the team in favor of Syed Klasinac, which is one shows probably how poorly he trains. I don't know. There's got to yeah. be something. Yeah. Um, because it can't, ju- we can't just say it's the injury at this point that yeah. he came back from. Um, but two, it shows how little talent Arsenal have at the back. They will be absolutely desperate to get yeah. Saliba in to this team next season. But that's a young center back, a young 18, 19 year old center back yeah. who needs to learn from someone that is very experienced, is and who's a solid defender. David Luiz has one thing. He's very experienced. He's not a solid defender. He's not the guy you want to learn from. No, Socrates not, hasn't always, been used yeah, since really the restart. Yeah. He's played maybe three minutes or something like that. He's not a solid defender. That's yeah. I mean, they like, Arsenal do need to bring in another solid defender, even if it's someone who is experienced and isn't going to play week in week out, but is going to be. We need. They need something more solid. Um, to, to partner Saliba with, but also season. I mean but. height is can be important sometimes. Obviously, I mean like Louise is a taller center back and show some physicality. That's not he's not like a bruising center back though. Yeah. He's more of a delicate and, and, and you know Mustafi short, but even your attackers, it's like your striker. Like I said, it's a small striker. Yeah, uh, Aubameyang is 
a little bit taller, but he also has a slighter frame. Yeah. Pepe. It, like, they, they don't have that much physicality in this side. Yeah, and and on this goal, the, on the, the set piece, they're bad on set pieces. But it really wasn't, like you said, it, it was kind of just about the, the personnel. There wasn't really... Like, it was Kieran Tierney that was on Al Royale. Right. But the he, thing about this is it was a perfect ball and a perfect header. Yeah. So sometimes there's goals where you just kind of say, we couldn't have done anything about that. Right. But the fact that they've conceded so often on set pieces yeah. means that something... You, yeah. there, you couldn't do anything about it with this current setup. But there's got to be someone right. you can bring like in. Like my... Yeah, I mean... Like you said, it was a it was a perfect ball, perfect header. My first thought was, why is Kieran Tierney as like guarding Alderweireld? It's like, well, I mean, you got to have one of the taller guys on Harry Kane, yeah. and then you get other there's defender on another attacking. You know, what I mean, like it's, uh, you know, someone's gonna be on what Davison Sanchez. He's a tall yeah. center back. So like th- that's what made me think about the height because they just didn't really have have it. What do you mm-hmm. have Sabios cover someone like he's no. It's not gonna happen. It's, it's like not, having Kepa mark somebody. Yeah, it's um, it's just not gonna happen. But the points go to Tottenham. They leap over Arsenal into eighth place. Um, let's uh, finish it off by talking about the the possible um, controversy in goal for England. Jordan Pickford was very good at the World Cup in 2018, in which England reached a semifinal, and that might be the last tournament he's the starter for. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Pope against Liverpool was absolutely phenomenal. He was so good against Liverpool. He is, in in a match that Liverpool dominated, Nick Pope was the reason that this match stayed man of the match. Um, 1-1. He was man of the match. They took 23 shots, Liverpool, nine of them on target, and they only scored once. Um, and that was almost an unstoppable header from Andy Robertson. Um Jay Rodriguez, of course, scored the goal for Burnley. Um, but Nick Pope is the reason that Liverpool will not be able to become just the second English top-flight team to win every home game. They had won the first 17 at home this season. Um, there's still a chance they go unbeaten. and they have one more home game against Chelsea. Um, but Pope was just phenomenal. Now, the, the only team that's ever gone unbeaten at home was a Sunderland team in the 1880s um, in which they played 13 matches at home. Mm-hmm. But um, is the thing is, though, you make that point. Like, Yeah, Pickford might not be the starter next time we come to a tournament. He, he's not even the set. I don't even know if he's the backup. Dean you talk Henderson. about Yeah, you talk about Nick Pope. We have the rise of Dean Henderson, who's been excellent for Sheffield. I think... Plays. I think Pickford's there. I just don't. He might think be the he's third in, guy. Yeah, um, and you remember going into the World Cup, there was talk about who's gonna be the number one. Who is it gonna be? Who is it gonna be? And Pickford yeah. got it, and it was a good call then. It worked. Yeah, I mean, there you could have made the case for Nick Pope then, or Tom mm-hmm. Heaton, or um, why am I blanking on his name? Who's the um, Stoke keeper who we haven't heard Jack from? Jack Butland. Jack Butland was another. Option. He was he was being considered then. Yeah. Um. He's since I, I mean, believe he had a big injury. Um. So he hasn't really been in that that conversation. But like, you got. D, I mean, Dean Henderson has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um. If if you say Pickford, you can bring two keepers. You, Pickford is not on the list. He, I'm sure he'll right, be there. Right. He, I'm but, sure he makes the list just because of his experience with the side. Yeah. But that's it. Like I. Nick Pope, I like Nick Pope as the starter, 
and Dean Henderson, but they're both young, right? So, like, if it is two, you pick someone who's been there for a while and then yeah. pick one of the young guys, but... Um, interesting to see if Dean Henderson is bought by Sheffield United on a permanent basis. Or see, anyone see what, else, for that matter. Yeah, see what, what type of money it'll um, cost to, to get him there. But, like I said, Nick Pope was just, just unbelievable. Um, and now it seems very much in doubt if Liverpool will break the points record. They have yeah. They've who, dropped. They have Arsenal, Chelsea, and who's the the who do they have on the final day? Newcastle, I believe. That sounds right, but only because I have absolutely no clue, and I know that Newcastle. They've dropped, but they've team. so like if they win Newcastle, out, Newcastle, they right, are if away. they win if out, they win out. They have the record at a hundred and two. Right. If they win two and draw one, they, they tie the record. But um, they've dropped five. What? No, they dropped. They dropped seven points. They dropped seven points they, since the restart. They Obviously, lost to City. All so that matters to them is they won the league. Yeah. They lost to City. They drew with Burnley. And Everton. And Everton. So, and, you know, right before the lockdown, they lost to Watford. Right. Um, like, they they seemed set. You know, we were talking about They, it, they got knocked out of the Champions League. It really, a weird run. Now, months apart. Global pandemic. Lots of dissectors. Yeah. That plays a factor. Uh, they've won the league already. They are probably they can probably not legally drive based on their blood alcohol content at kickoffs for some of these matches. It who knows? It does. There, a lot goes into it. Um, but um, we'll see if they can break the records. But um, I don't know. Do you have any any more talking points? You think for 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 this pod, or do you think we can uh, go ahead and wrap things up? I think I mean, I think we have. I think we can we can wrap it up. I have some thoughts on some other stuff, but not that won't be going away anytime soon. Okay, we will uh, we will deal with that next week then. Um, new podcast every Monday, of course, um, and we will uh, we have a couple weeks left in the Premier League season. Three matches, I believe, over the span of two weeks. Um, so we'll we'll definitely have our content out. Um, and then we will go into transition into Footy Ado European Nights for the Champions League in August. Um, and, of course, we will probably be releasing short episodes, short regular episodes of Footy Ado around that time, kind of updating on the schedule for the 2020-2021 season, our least favorite season to say. And you would know that hold, if you've been here for I a while. I can't believe they're going to hold that season. I know. We almost got, we almost we, got rid of it. We almost had it. The coronavirus is actually a hoax to get rid of Look, to say best case scenario, they say, you know what? We're going to take a break. Come back in January. Love it. I want it. Um, but Gimme. <laughs> as always, uh, if you could like, rate, review, subscribe, follow the podcast wherever you listen. If it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Anchor. Uh, Pod, Podbean. It's a fun one to say, you know? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Footy Ado. Um, of course, Footy Ado. Or you can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Footy Ado. Um, and, of course, Footy Ado is an Ilto8 production. You can follow us on Twitter at Ilto8 Podcasts, on Instagram at Ilto8 Production. I got it. It's not productions. It's production. Productions. Productions. Why would it be production? Multiple shins that we do product of. Um, but, Jared, we have stumbled through the closing of this. So, as always... Fuck racism. Pardon our French.